was, uh, I came in, and I didn't have my Bible with me. <laughs> it was in my office, and as I was standing up here, I thought, you know, I think somebody in here needs a Bible this morning. So if you're somebody that needs a Bible, this is a teen edition, so, but it might be simpler for you to read, or it might be, but anyways, I have this for you, so if you want this, come and get it right now, I'm serious. Or I'll, or I'll have somebody, if you raise your hand, I'll have somebody give it to you, if, you're, if you don't want to run up here. This is for you this morning, if you need one, this is for you. Here you go, all right, can somebody, Matt, you want to give this to, to Drew back there? Sweet. Very cool. This is the Word of God, amen. That's what we're going to jump into this morning, and I hope that you're ready for an adventure. I hope you're ready for a ride. I hope you're ready like when you, um, have you ever been on a roller coaster where you get buckled in and the anticipation's there and everything is, is uh, you're just like waiting for the loops and the, and the wind blowing in your hair, and I used to have longer hair, so it used to blow like back, you know, and, and not anymore. I'm getting older. But uh, that's what we're ready for this morning, for, for God to show up in our life and, and to, to do a great work. And so he's already working greatly this morning, and uh, I'm just ready to bring the word to you this morning. So um, I think one of, our, one of our great struggles in life is I want more, I want more, I want more. That's one of the great struggles as a Christian man and also as a non-Christian man, or woman, or human being. We all just want more, and it's, it's just because it's out there, right? I mean, it's, it's on advertisements. Uh, Christmas season, you know, they have car advertisements. I'm like, I want a new car now. I, me and Pastor Kim always joke, we go to these pastor conferences, and we both have the worst cars in the parking lot every time. And, and always other pastors have, like, these cars that are all, you know, nice shape, probably rims. And, and, and nice rims on their car. And me and we have dents in our car. Our sound weird. And so when we pull up, people are like, we know Pastor Casey and Kim are here. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with that. But I, but I still want, I still go, I want more. I want this new thing. I want this new car. I want a new house. I want a bigger house. I want a bigger TV. I still have a 27-inch Sony Trinitron in my living room. I don't have a 55-inch flat screen that I watched the fight on last night. Well, it was awesome, but, but I don't have that. But I want more, you know, we all want more. And, and um, I thought I wouldn't just have a fun time here with you guys this morning. We were going to watch a little clip from a Garfield Christmas special, my favorite Christmas cartoon growing up. And I felt like this really symbolizes us a lot of times. So could you turn your attention to the screen, uh, screens on the wall, and just watch this clip about, uh, it's, it's like, gimme, 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 gimme. So here you go. Garfield, wake up. Good morning, John. No time for small talk, Garfield. It's Christmas morning, and you know what that means. Of course I do. Christmas means presents. Lots and lots of presents. First things first, Garfield. You can't open presents on an empty stomach. Here are your breakfast lasagnas. You may eat your way to the tree. Okay, Garfield, you wait right here while I get your gift. 
what I call a Christmas gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Garfield. Here, let me show you. Now watch this. This gift-giving machine can read your mind. Whatever you think of, it will give you. Observe. Neat, huh? Let me try that. <laughs> And that's just for starters. Now this is what Christmas is all about. Toys, greed, avarice. I love it. I mean, that would symbolize a lot of our lives at times where we're like, man, I got, I got this thing, I, but I want this other thing. And then you open your Christmas gift on Christmas and you're already thinking about the next thing that you could get, right? Or you get the new phone and somebody walks up like, I got this new Samsung Galaxy and look at this, I can wave it. And I can wave my hand across it and it makes a phone call. I'm like, I need that. Or what about the watches that are now phones? You're like, what? I mean, so we're always wanting more stuff. But, and, and this struggle for us comes into our daily life. It, it, and the Bible talks about, you know, we, we steal to get what we don't have. We, we secretly live a life outside of God that, that because we secretly desire things in our heart and we secretly live this way because we want that and we don't tell anybody. We also we just kind of, we do this with our lives that, that to get what we want, more and more stuff or more and more whatever. And really what it's all about is that if God has created us good and God has created everything good, then our drive for more has to be good, right? And so I think I want to show you that tomorrow. I think I want to show you how our drive for more is actually good in a spiritual sense in relationship with God. So turn with me to your scriptures, uh, in the Bible here this morning, John chapter 3, verses 22 through 36. If you have your Bible, I always hear preachers say that they like to hear the sound of pages turning, and I do too, so. So this is a passage, before we jump in here, this is uh, John the Baptist, and he is uh, baptizing, and so is Jesus, and and they're with their disciples, and, and this comes right after uh, Jesus uh, talking to Nicodemus, if you remember that story, and that's all about being born again, and for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so this is coming directly after that, that uh, encounter with Nicodemus. So here we go, we'll jump right in here. It says, Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salem because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. Well, it makes sense to baptize people. There's plenty of water there, right? It works out. 
A debate broke out between John's disciples and certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. John replies, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who does not obey the Son will never experience eternal life but remains under God's angry judgment. And so here we have, just to unpack this a little bit real quick, we have a, a, um, a debate that kind of comes up, and, and really it's because we're kind of we're jealous, you know, like Jesus is baptizing people, John, and, and taking all these people from us that, that we could be ministering to, and so it, it's kind of like, well, John, what are you going to do about this, man? You know? Like, seriously, you're just going to let him take all these people and baptize them? And, you know, that's our, that's our church, man. He's taking away the people we're supposed to be reaching. And, and John the Baptist, the way that he responds to this whole thing it is just beautiful and amazing. And it actually unpacks this more part of driven, driven their life to be more of God. And so here we go. We're just going to jump into this a little bit and... Um, I have some things to just show you here. More in your life is realizing that God came for us. This whole passage in John 3, 21 through 26 here, or 36, unpacks for us who Jesus really is. And if you look through those, the list of who he really is, it, it shows that he came from above. You know, I always, people say, Jesus was born. I, I always like to say Jesus came, and I know he was born, yes. But I like to say he came because he was already, he already existed, he's already been, and he came for us. I mean, that is, I mean, I know that we hear this constantly, and I know we, we, man, every Christmas it's like, I know, I hear that, yes. But God came for us. When we were the worst sinners ever in life, God came for us. He came to give us life, to breathe. He still comes for us when we're the worst sinners, amen? He is God, and he's real, and he's alive, and he comes in a real way to us as a baby. But don't miss out. If, if, if you've been going through Christmas season, like, uh, the message is the message, and yeah, that's, that's really cool, but, man, he came. Came in a real way. He came to us. He came to live our life. He came, he, came, he stubs his toe in the middle of the night. He, you know, it, stuff happened to him just like happens to us, and, and man, he came for us. That's you want to have more, you want to have this, this drive for more, just get that, that Jesus came for you. I mean, you can start there, and, and you will have more 
you will have that fulfillment of that in your life. So the second part is more comes from serving God. You know, some of you guys are such great servants. I mean, I see you, and I can I just be honest with you? I know Kim's not here, but you probably put Kim and I to shame in service sometimes. And you guys, some of you guys just give everything that you have, money, talents, possessions. Can I just say the worship team? Every They give up time in their life to do that. I mean, glory to God for you guys. Every, everyone that does worship team, every worship team, missions team, children's team, youth team, adult ministry teams, you guys give up time in your life during your week that you could be doing other stuff and you give it up to be with God and to, to build his church, to see people's lives change, to see the kingdom of God come. Thank you guys for serving. That's where it comes more, comes from serving. A lot of times we think more comes from, I got to get my new gadget and sit on the couch with it and, and eat potato chips, you know. And, and, and then we realize after we're done, like, that wasn't more. I played Angry Birds for two hours. What did that do for me? It was fun. But in the end, you're like, that didn't do anything for me necessarily. And so more comes from this serving God. Do you guys like Christmas shopping? Who actually likes Christmas shopping? Just be honest. I, I, I don't, okay? I'll just be, <laughs> I don't like Christmas shopping, and I don't like wrapping gifts. But in the season that we had, my wife was, was injured, and so I had to do a lot of the Christmas shopping, I had to do wrapping, and oh man, it was not very joyous for me, just to be honest with you, I don't like it, I, I get nervous in the store because I'm afraid I'm going to spend too much money, or, or that I don't get the right gift, or does anybody feel that way, like I can't do, I can't do the right thing, you know, and, and but the joy comes on Christmas morning when my little children see those presents under the tree that Santa brought. And, and I just wrapped. And, and they're under the tree. And, and their faces, and you go, it's worth it. You know, and then to see them start opening the gift, and like, it's ah! exactly what I wanted. Yes, I listen to you sometimes. And so does Santa. And, and so, so, but the, the joy on their face, and sometimes that's what serving's life in, in the church. Sometimes you, you serve and you give and you don't see anything, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes to Jesus. One of the kids in your group gets it, and you, you just, you're just fired up for a month. And it just changes your life again. You're like, this Jesus is real. He's alive. He's, he's changing people's lives. He's doing yeah, you get pumped up, but sometimes serving is like, it's just doing it. It's just like having a job. Sometimes you go to your job, and you don't maybe like it sometimes, but you do it anyways, because you got to take care of your family, and we do all things for what? The glory of God, right? And so we, we do it, and, and yet sometimes we don't want to, but, but uh, there's much joy in, in, in serving God, and, and there's more, this more drive in your life for more stuff and more more other things, more relationships, that those fulfillment comes from serving God. So more um, is preparing people to meet Jesus. John the Baptist says this, verse 28, he, he, talks, about, he talks about this. He says, I'm, I'm here to just, I'm just here to, you know, I'm just here to say, here's Jesus right here. Here you go. You know, I, I can go back here, but, you know, here's Jesus right here. Would you just meet him? Here you go. 
You know, I'm here to partner you up. It's like, it's like the bridegroom. You know, the bridegroom um, helps, helps the bride, right, to meet, to meet Jesus in a wedding you don't, you don't have the bridegroom. It's not going to take the place, you know? He's not going to take that place. He's just there to, to get him there. He's there to make sure he doesn't faint. He's there to not lose the wedding ring, you know, whatever. And, and so there, there's, those are his jobs, you know, and that's our job. Our job is to just to prepare people to meet him. You know, everybody that we meet in life, everybody that we meet in life, did you guys hear that? Everybody that we meet in life, we are preparing them to meet Jesus. Every single person. Whether you know it or not. I was just talking to a teenager this morning. I didn't even know. This is, this is awesome. But we talk about her dad a lot. And, and um, this shocked me when she said this this morning. She said, my dad says you need to go back to church. Or my dad told me I need to go back to church. I haven't been there in four weeks. And, and I'm like, really? He said that? And you gotta understand, this is a guy that, that if you knew him, you'd be like, he wouldn't say that. You know, it just wouldn't come out of his mouth. It, he's not that kind of guy. And, and I was like, yeah, that's right. Jewel, your life. Yes, I said your name. Your life is affecting Jesus. Your, your life is affecting people. You're pointing people to Jesus. Amen? That's a teenager in our church. Yeah! I get pumped up. Some of you guys, you point people to Jesus constantly. Some of you don't even know it. And you're doing it. So keep doing it. Just keep at it. Keep pointing people to him, preparing people to meet with him. More is being a friend of Jesus. There, you know, you can't just start with friendship. You've got to start with Savior, repentance of your sin. You've got to start with really acknowledging that you're sinful as a human being and that you need Jesus Christ. But it, but it com- and then it comes to and then it comes to lordship, like you, Jesus, you get the throne of my life. You take everything, you take all of me. And then at some point when he's got all of that, man, it becomes like a friendship. You just start talking, you know, and it's cool. And, and John the Baptist was friends with Jesus. Jesus cried, weeped when John the Baptist was beheaded. I mean, they were friends. I mean, he, he was just, he was torn up. So if any of you have lost a loved one over Christmas, Jesus gets it. He knows how you feel this morning. He knows. If any of you have lost loved ones in the past year, he knows, he understands. He's been through that. You can get more if you're going to be a friend of Jesus. That will meet that more drive in your life. The other, other one here is more is just fading into obscurity. All right? Just fade into obscurity. I could imagine John the Baptist. Could you guys imagine this with me this morning? Here comes Jesus, and, and this is me making my own Bible verse here, or song, whatever, but here's John the Baptist, and here comes Jesus, and he starts singing, you are the Lord, the famous one, famous one, great is your name in all the earth, and he would, he'd be singing that because he didn't care about himself, he said, I, I can fade into the background, it's like Lecrae says, I can play the background, you guys like Lecrae, I love that song, I can play the background. You know, sometimes I get in the way. But won't you take the lead, lead, lead? You know, and so Jesus to take the lead of our life, and we just fade in the background. You know, I don't, you know, Jesus, as long as these people meet you, I don't care about me. 
so many people, that's not how life works. You know, we're all, you're always like, I'm out for number one. I got to make it up to the top. I got to do whatever it takes to get to the top. I got to make it to the top. As a young pastor, I got to do whatever it takes. I got to preach better. I got to whatever. I got, no, I got to fade in the background so Jesus can be more. I got to fade into the background to my leadership team so Jesus can be more in their life. I got to fade into the background of you guys so that Jesus can be more in your life, so that you guys can do more, see more people come to Christ, so that you can see the king. When somebody calls me, maybe what I need to do is say, can you go, 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 and then I'm going to sit and pray for you. Because I believe that God can work in mighty ways in your life and in mine too, but fading into obscurity. William Barclay says John's task, William Barclay was a great commentator and great theologian, he says, John's task had been to bring Israel and Jesus together, to arrange the marriage between Christ the bridegroom and Israel the bride. That task completed, he was happy to fade into obscurity, for his work was done. You know, it, it says John the Baptist even was like, my joy is complete in this. My joy isn't complete in myself or my stuff or who who I am even my joy man I really preach good out there man I whoa I baptized like a hundred people today no he's like my joy is complete because people met Jesus because people are meeting him that's what it's all about when when people meet Jesus I go crazy man I'm like I start singing I saw the light and I start having a hold down in my house you can ask my wife. She, she, she knows. Ask her today. Say, does he really do that? Um, yeah, she will tell you that he really does. So this other part is, uh, the last part is just more Jesus, you know. Um, as you fade into obscurity, um, you know, as you become a friend of him, as you, as you prepare people to meet him, as you as you serve God, as you realize that he came for you, all of it in the end comes back to, it's just, it's just going to be more of Jesus in your life. It, it, it's kind of like a math equation. You know, you, you have these steps in your life, and, and it just becomes more Jesus. There's nothing you can do about it. Christian, I mean, you can't, you can't stop an unstoppable force who is God. He's real, he's alive, he's powerful, he's living. If he's in you, you can't stop him from doing stuff. You can't stop him from making you look awkward and weird in front of your friends. I mean, I'm at, I'm at a UFC fight last night, and I'm like, I don't know if all these guys are Christians I'm hanging out with. And I'm like, I hope they don't think I'm weird. Because I walk in, and, yep, this is our youth pastor. I'm like, thanks. You know, and, and so, but, but a lot of them were church guys. But, but still, you know, when you get, somebody says that right away, and some people, you know, People just turn you right out, like, I'm not talking to that guy tonight. But that's the guy I probably need to talk to, amen? <laughs> but, but it just becomes, you just become more of Jesus. So, so, um, so that's the word today. The word is, 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 is he must become greater, I must become less. And, and, and here's us. Here's how this can work in our own life. And I just kind of thought of, um, you guys like me time? How many of you guys like me time? Or, or some people call it a me party. Like, and I thought, you know what? I think, I think me time needs to be God time in our life. I mean, 
so many times, I, 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 man, I just, I think me time, and I'm like, I really need God time. You know, me time, you say, I need, what are the times you say, can anybody tell, what are the times that you say you need me time in your life? Can you just shout out? Like, when I'm lonely, when I'm kind of depressed, when life's hard, when people are making me angry, when my kids won't be quiet. <laughs> um, I love my kids, but you know, if you're a parent, you get it, or you were parents too. You know, don't, don't, yeah, don't make me the only sinner up here. Even when your kids are in your 30s, amen. See, you guys can talk to me. I like that. So, so me time versus God time. Here's some thoughts I had. Me time uh, dives into what I want, and God time dives into what he wants. Me time is focused on self. God time is focused on Christ. A lot of time, me time, you wallow in your sin, and you wallow in your guilt, and your shame, and your all that junk, instead of just focusing on Christ. Letting him relieve the stresses and the shame and the guilt and realizing that it was nailed to the cross already. So we just spend time with him in his presence and he changes our, our heart and everything about our mind and our focus. And, but it's focused on Christ. Me time is filled with a late night feast. Some of us like late night feasts, man. I, I do. I like late night feasts where I grab ice cream and chips and Mountain Dew and whatever else I can get my hands on and but a God time is filled with a spiritual feast. It's filled with this feast that just brings you life. That you, you go to bed and you're like, man, I can't sleep. Or do you ever get like, you, you get in those, with God and, and he just goes, okay, it's time for you to go to bed. Okay, thank you, God. You know, I believe what the psalm says. It says the, psalm, the psalms say that God grants sleep to those that he loves or something like that. I, I really believe that. And when you have those times with God in, in the night, and, and then he's just like, okay, you can go to bed. You'll be good, you know? Isn't that, mo isn't that the most beautiful sleep that you have in your life after that? You guys have that in your life? That's the most, oh. If you haven't had that, you do it. Me time seeks my pleasure. God time seek what, seeks what pleases him, and he fulfills my longings, my real longings, my real desire to serve him, to love him, to he takes out the longings that we think we need to have, the stuff that the culture says you need to have, the, the lust of the flesh, the, the things that our eyes see, the, all those, and, 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 and God fills our life with longings for him. He, me time leaves reality, God time sees the truth. It, it takes the truth in and right to Jesus, says this is who I am, but, but yet I know you still love me, Jesus, so this is who I am, here I am, I know you still and, and so you take all of you in there. Me time pushes God away. God time, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's what it's all about. If we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Me time is all about being a couch potato. God time is all about action. You know, when you're with God, he's about action. He's not just about, and sometimes action, action is just sitting because sometimes action is weeping. Sometimes action is crying. Sometimes action is being broken about sin. Sometimes God time is about action to go to your neighbor and say, man, I just care about you. i gotta share, I got to share what's going on in my life with you. And he might not want to hear it, but what if he does? You know, and you get the chance to share the gospel with somebody. It's action time. And so I think if we look at our life and kind of evaluate 
um, this past year to see like if I've had me time or God time and if we took evaluation because a lot of us in the new year always do new year's resolutions right like that's the thing or or you at least evaluate your life and say or you, well a lot of us probably evaluate finances because you got to do that you know make sure you're especially after Christmas <laughs> how am I going to pay this uh, off here <laughs> Um, but anyway, so we, we go in this evaluation mode, and if you look at that list kind of, and, and you could evaluate your life, and you could say, man, am I, am I, is God becoming more in my life, or is, is it just becoming less? You know, am I, am I really giving everything I have for the kingdom of God, or am I just kind of existing? Am, am, I, just, am I just doing this church thing? Am I just serving? Some of us are serving out of ourselves. God wants us to serve out of him. That's where joy comes. That's where life comes. And so just to evaluate ourselves this morning and to see what God's doing. And and here's the challenge. And here's really the application. Here's a couple scriptures I just wanted to share with you this morning. And then I'm going to invite somebody to sing a song to you guys. There's a couple of key verses here. And the first one is, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. In the spiritual sense, and again, I talked about John chapter 3. Before that, it talks about being born again. So you can't really know God unless you're born again. Unless you have Jesus Christ and you have repented of your sins and you receive him in your life, you cannot know God for sure. So here, so this is what it's talking about here is no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. It started with God giving his son, Jesus. Right? That's where it started. It came from heaven. It came from heaven. Just like I was talking about in the beginning. It came from heaven. Jesus came. It starts with him, and then we can receive that blessing. And then because you receive that blessing, here's, here's a beautiful thing. Then it comes through you. Everywhere you walk, every place you go, every, every roundies, whatever, the mall, your workplace, your home, comes through you. And then you become, a, you become a giver because no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. God has given you his spirit, and his spirit lives in you. And so when you walk around, you are a living testament you are like a living bible you are living out jesus christ in your life and so when people look at you they don't see you anymore they look at they go man i think something it's just like she was talking about when i came and my dad said that because he sees jesus in her and and so when 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 we live our lives like that that's what it's all about we can receive anything unless god gives it from heaven Um, we must be born again you know, there's no shortcutting this. You want power over sin. You want peace in the midst of trials and tragedies. You want the promise that Christ is with you. You want to experience more joy. Today is the day that you've got to be born again. I mean, there's no, I, I'm not going to shortcut it because it happened to me and it changed my life forever. Jesus didn't come so we'd sit in church on Sunday and learn about him. Jesus came that we would have life and life to the fullest and that more drive that he put in us because it's good. 
filled by him, and then we go out and live our lives through that, and, and that's what he came for. Here's the beauty in all this. If you are a Christian, if you have given your life to Jesus, here's the beauty. Here's the, this, is, this is the best news of the morning because, man, here it is. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I'm just going to come down because I like being down. It's God that works it in us. You know, some of us look at the me time and go, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm awful. I'm, that's me to a T. Like, I'm, just, I'm a me time person, and, and that's how I live my life. But here's the thing. God says, I will, and I will work through you. I will work this out in you. I look at my life, and I go, I'm not the same person that I was when I first came to Christ. Amen? God is working out in your life the good things. He wants to work that out in your life. Some of us are trying to be Christians so badly, and we don't have Jesus in our life, and how are you going to do that? Because it says God is the one that works it in you. If God's the one that works it in you, then you need him. You can't do it without him. Stop trying to do it without him, amen? Let's stop trying to do it without him. Let's be a church that just goes, okay, Jesus, here we go. We're, we're on your back, and we're going to go with you because he says, I'll work it in you. I'll do it. I'll do the work. Just come to me. Just say what your problem is. Just tell me what you're struggling with. Say, I stick with my, I want to be more me time. Give me God time. And then at some point, you start to, start to have God time, and you go, what happened? What? I'm reading my Bible a lot. What? I didn't expect that. You know, I, and I struggle with this too. I just want you to be honest. I'm not perfect. And I had this, and a lot of times I, I, like, to, uh, I like to play NBA 2K on my Wii. I just, does anybody play NBA 2K in here? Does anybody play video games in here? <laughs> I'm still young, younger yet. But, yeah, my son, he's like, yeah, me and dad, we play Lego Batman together. That's right. Uh, but anyway, I, I, love NBA, I love playing this NBA game, and, and some nights I just choose that instead of more prayer time or more God time. And then one night I was really, I just, a few a couple, like a week ago, I was like, I was, at a, I was at this crossroads in my life. Like, is it going to be more of me or more of God? I really felt it. Some of you guys are at this crossroads. Is it going to be more of me or is it going to be more of God? You know? And I want to say more of me because it should be down here. Or more of God. You know, you're going to elevate yourself to be more of God. So I was at, kind of at this crossroads where I was like, I was struggling. I'm like, I really want to play my game, you know? And then I'm like, but I really, I really want to be in God's presence. I really need God right now. I cannot make it if I don't go in his presence. I can't make it. I'm going to struggle. People are, people are counting on me to know you, Jesus. There are people out in the world that need to hear the gospel, and if I just spend my me time, I'm not going to have it. And so I was struggling, and all of a sudden I found myself on the couch flat like this. And I didn't even know how I got there. And I just started praying. And I sat there and I said, God, you just threw me on the couch. And I said, here's the secret of a Christian life. Stop worrying about your Christian life. Stop worrying about, man, am I spending enough time with Jesus? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Because if you really desire to, he will do it in your life. I believe that. I know some of you are like, I don't know if I believe that. 
No, I, I believe it. He says, I work it in you to will and do the works that I called you to do. It's my pleasure. God says, it's my pleasure to do that. He knows your heart. He knows that you love him, church. He knows. He doesn't. He looks at you and goes, I know that you love me. I know that you're struggling with this. I know that life's hard. I know college life's tough. I know high school's tough. I've been there. I know junior high's tough. Yep, guys, I, you know, Jesus is like, yep, I, I probably, you know, I don't know if he got zits, but he probably did. He was a junior higher. You know? It's like, I know how tough it is. But he knows also that he struggled with me time, too, because he was sinful, too. He was a human being. He didn't sin. He never sinned. But he had a drive, to. He had every temptation that says that we had. I didn't mean to say he was sinful. I meant that he had a drive to sin because he never sinned. You get that right, because Jesus never sinned. Otherwise, he wouldn't be the perfect Lamb of God. Amen? But that's what he wants to do. He wills, and he wants to work out that in your life. So my message to you this morning is just, is if it's going to be more of me, then he won't do it. But if you really want to become less, and you want him to increase, he will do it. And in this new year, you will see. You will see that happen in your life. All of a sudden, you're going to be in your living room like I was. Like, I really want to watch this movie, but I really want to spend time with you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, you're going to be laying on the couch and you're going to be saying prayers for your city. And you're going to be saying prayers for your friends. And you're going to be praying for marriages that are broken. And you're going to be praying for your best friend, your neighbor. And you're going to be praying for people. And you're going to be, you're just going to be like, you're going to be like, what's going on in my life? I didn't, what? And, and God's going to be doing it. Because he has a great plan here, church. I believe that. I mean, I don't think he's done yet. I, we haven't even tapped what he's going to do at Bethany yet. We're not even, no. Not, I don't want to get comfortable to you. I, I want to I keep seeing that. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I'm going to invite someone to sing for you this morning. He asked me to remain anonymous. So I'll do that. But I, but I just, um, during this song, I just want you to respond to Jesus this morning. Wh whatever it is that he says to you, just respond. All right? Here's how you could respond. Here's some ways, just, okay? I know this might be weird. You might respond by raising your hand. Or both hands. You might respond just by going like that. You might respond by standing up during this. I'm just, I'm just do whatever you feel like God wants you to do. Don't be boxed in. Don't, and don't let me box you in. If you don't want to do that, and you say, oh, that's not what God's going to do with me. But if, just, just, just let him. Just do. If you want him to be Lord of your life during this song, just stand up and proclaim it. No one in this church is going to look at you and go, oh, I can't believe they're a sinner. You know, because we're all sinners. We all need Jesus. We, we all have needed Jesus at some point in our life. So if that's you, just, just man, that's me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in need. I'll raise both my hands and stand on my tippy toes because I need what he has to offer me. I can't go another day in my life without him. Just respond. If he's asking you to serve in some way, we need, we need nursery workers, we need... We've got a lot of parents that get tired from their kids at home, and we need nursery workers to take care of our kids. 
I'm, I'm not speaking just for myself, but I'm speaking for other young parents that, that it's hard. And, and they need to come to church and hear the messages because young parents are, some of you guys have been in church for a long time. You know it. You get it. Some young parents here don't get it yet. And they need to be in this place. And they need to be here. And they need to not worry that their kid is running around or running after them. You know, so that's what I'm, so whatever it is, whatever God's calling you to do in this new year, whatever more that is, just respond to him. And I just ask you, church, to do it. And we will see, we will see people come to Christ. We will see people discipled, like people become more like Jesus. If you choose to do what he calls you to do, he will do it. He will, he will do it. Do you believe? He will do it. He will do it. He will do it through your life. Kenny, he'll do it through your life, brother. He will use you for his kingdom and his glory. He's calling each and every one of us. There's not one of us sitting here that he doesn't want and desire to love more, to be friends with, but he will do all the work because that's what he does. He's God, amen. So when he sings this song this morning, would you guys just respond to Jesus this morning? he said is so true God must increase and we must decrease but we find ourselves in giving up our life for him Jesus gave up everything for us and this song talks a bit about what that first Christmas meant for Jesus It's not just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not about the angels that sang for him that day. It's not about the shepherds or the bright and shining star. It's not about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. It's not about the good things in this life I've done. It's not about my treasures or the trophies that I've won. It's not about a righteousness that I find within. It's all about his precious one that saved me from my sin. It's about the cross. It's 
about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. The beginning of the story is wonderful and great, but it's the ending that can save you, and that's why we celebrate. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about God's Son nailed to a tree. It's about every drop of blood he shed on that cross when it should have been. It's about the stone that was rolled away. So that you and I could have real life someday. So that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. It's about the It is about the cross. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up, and as they're coming up, just have you just think about what we heard today and what it's all about. As Bob was saying about real life, about God time. And we're going to close focusing on Jesus, our Messiah. I invite you to stand as we sing.
Creator.